We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17 14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, a proud partner of the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire family. I am your host, Numak, and joining me to talk about this week's uh, matchup against the conference-leading Philadelphia Eagles is Jordan Dresky. Jordan, how you doing, buddy? Hello. Packers talk resumes. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice having that... Uh, that little four-day break, three-day break over the weekend and not having my Sunday possibly ruined due to uh, a Packers <laughs> trouncing, which it might be this week. <laughs> As yeah. we sort of talk save about. The, save the best game for last on Sunday. Right. right. It's certainly going to be the best game. Not not a blowout at all. But before we get into uh, that matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles, we need to hand out uh, some cheeses as it's been about just almost a week since the Tennessee Titans uh, basically just manhandled the, the Packers at Lambeau on a snowy Thursday night, 27-17. Um, there were some highlights, however. Some cheeses to be handed out, a bunch of slices of Munster to to wrap it up. Uh, first and foremost is Randall Cobb getting his, uh, I think it's second cheese of the year. Six receptions on six targets for 73 yards. Uh, the veteran just proving to be the veteran that they've needed in the receiving in the receiving team basically all year when he's been healthy, unlike sort of 
Debbie Watkins and Alizard and those two. <laughs> uh, next is uh, Christian Watson once again, proving to be a good receiver when the Packers decide to utilize him down the field. Four uh, receptions on six targets, 48 yards, uh, two touchdowns for him, one on a, on a uh, either an offside or a 12-man on the field, I believe it was. Um, I think it might have been offside, but and then another one. I honestly forget what that second touchdown was, but he had two. <laughs> I remember um, liking the play call. Yeah, me too. Or the play design. It was very, very it was one of the best of the night. And uh, not a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Great. One of the highlights of, of that game. Um, moving to the other side of the ball, two cheeses to give out on defense. First one we'll give to Chris Barnes. Um, playing really well since he's been since he returned from injury and his concussion. Uh, 12 tackles, six of those by himself, and one sack. And the other cheese goes to Preston Smith, who had uh, one and a half sacks uh, and five tackles. Preston really just being uh, a solid piece of this pass, pass rush <laughs> since Rashawn Gary went down and really being, I guess, sort of the beacon of hope on defense with the secondary not playing as well as it should. Yeah, he had a great game despite things not going exactly as planned. Yep, exactly. So, your Cheesebird rounding out after 11 games, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 11 games. Uh, Aaron Jones still leading the way with 8. Preston Smith uh, moves up into the 4 tier with his uh, line mate, I guess. Uh, Rashawn Gary, who is obviously out for the rest of the year. Uh, Christian Watson... Christian Watson with three now. Fonja Campbell, Jair, Romeo Dobbs, Rudy Ford all also have three. Aaron Rodgers, AJ Dillon, Elton Jenkins, Dave Bakhtiari, John Runyon, Kenny Clark, Keyshawn Nixon, Pat O'Donnell, Randall Cobb, Russell Douglas, and Quay Walker with two. And then uh, Al Lazard, Eric Stokes, Darnell Savage, Jaron Reed, Chris Barnes, Mason Crosby, Robert Tunyon, Sammy Watkins, and Zach Tom with one, obviously with Chris Barnes earning his first of the year. So that wraps up Cheese's a nice little monster to go with their uh their leftover sandwiches they're having prior to all the leftovers they're gonna have for Thanksgiving. So should we start talking about the Philadelphia Eagles? Regrettably, yes. <laughs> Regrettably, yes. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, really good. Really good. That's pretty much simple enough to say at this point with, uh, with how they've been playing. If I'm not mistaken, I think they're 9-1 and one now. They are. And coming off of a tight win against the Indianapolis Colts, Colts in uh, Indy. And having coming off of that game uh, a loss to the Commanders, so they are a team. Uh, as we had talked about, you and I, Jordan, pre-pod, kind of on the on the mend a little bit. Not on the mend. They're showing that they're a human team and not just this force to be reckoned with, like they kind of kind of showed through the first uh, eight games of the season. Yeah, I mean they've pretty much been the best team. From the get-go, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Um, kind of hitting this mid-season 
swoon, I guess. I mean, obviously losing their undefeated bid, which is hard to do. Right. But doing it against a division rival, an improved team in Washington, then a Colts team that what two and a half weeks ago fired their coach for an interim head coach that was on their coaching staff. But I mean, considering the results the last couple of weeks kind yep. of came in at the right time because seems like there was a lot going on. Apparently. Apparently. Um, but still, this is a team, even with a big injury to Dallas Goddard, they made a big move at the trade deadline to kind of fortify their already great defense. Um, yeah, I just think this is by far away the best team in the NFC. Right. Um, and... Way back in August, September, when we had so much <laughs> optimism, this is one of the te- the games I was like, "Look, yeah, I'm like this could be a really tough one." Um, it's still going to be very tough. It just uh, feels a lot more insurmountable. Yeah, uh, considering how things have unfolded. But right, absolutely. Yeah, the way both team seasons have went, it has seemingly, obviously, went a lot. Obviously, went a lot better for the Eagles. And how others sort of thought their season would go. Like, they were the darling pick for the NFC coming into the season. I didn't buy into it. I was wrong. Packers were hoping to continue their trend of success and obviously haven't. So, it's one team is living up to expectations, one has not. <laughs> um, exactly. But before we deep dive into um, sort of offense, defense, want to touch on the injuries, like you had mentioned, Dallas Goddard not with them at the moment he uh i forget what injury he had i think it might have been his elbow if i'm not mistaken but it uh, sounds i remember it being painful yeah um yeah he was right exactly (laughs) um he was one of their like main receiving targets along with aj brown and devonta smith so losing him as a um as a threat down the field definitely has limited their offense um a shoulder injury with him is keeping him out although they say that he won't be out the rest of the calendar like the season he'll they're expecting him to be back um in the regular season which is i guess good for them uh, on the packers side uh report came out uh, i think on tuesday or recording this on tuesday either monday or tuesday that romeo dobbs is not expected to be available for the packers um, for this Sunday's game, which makes some sense. I believe this is like the fourth week that, or no, it'll be the third week. He's out the Lions, Lions. week. Lions, Cowboys, Cowboys. Titans, Eagles. Oh this my. would be the third full game he's missed, but he went out the f- very beginning of the Detroit game. So, yes. Either which so way. Very, on the very early side of his timeline. Yep. So I would expect him to be back uh, for the game against the Bears if we're, I I guess, being hopeful. But yeah, I think four to six weeks for an ankle sprain, we might be looking at six the way the season's going as to not rush him back for anything, especially if they lose this week. So yeah, um, we got no actual injury report yet as recording on uh, Tuesday before the holiday, and so I think that is like the big theme though for the Packers is Romeo Dobbs given the secondary that they'll be facing. Um, a little news out of 1265 uh, 
Lombardi Avenue as well. They worked out two former Packers in the receiving core, Geronimo Allison and Danny Davis. Uh, don't really know why they did that. Like, I don't really see the vision, as they already have four wide receivers on their practice squad. Like, and That's they, a good point. And they signed D.D. Westbrook when Amari left. Was there an open roster spot still? I don't know. They don't have anybody on IR, I don't think, so I don't know if there is. Because if I remember correctly, they elevated Ladarius Hamilton? Yeah. But I don't know if they filled that last roster spot after cutting Rodgers and Kylan Hill. Right. But this is also a week ago, so it very well could have been figured out in the meantime. But right. So, but to your to your point, who they work out and what position that they're working out always tells and determines how the injury report is going to be. Right. So exactly. Cobb came back. Are they going to maybe lighten his load, or you know, like is he? Still 100%. He came early or came back on an early week, I should say. Um, I don't, no one else got hurt too, right? No, not, not, not that I know of or that we know of yet. Hmm. So I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, but they also worked out um, four linemen, including tackle Sage Dockstater, Doc, uh, tackle Derek Kurtzetter, tackle Sham, Sam Shoe. Letter and center Chris Owens. <laughs> shout out, shout out Chris Owens for having a simple name. Like I'm not, I'm not here to name shame, but like, like Docstater, Kurt Setter, and Shoe Letter all really got me there. <laughs> so a Docstater, Shoe Letter, and a Haymaker walking to a bar. Yeah, <laughs> and Chris Owens is your fourth lineman that's worked out. That's yeah. Right. So, uh, that one like makes not too much more sense, but. Like unless they're they got bad news on EJ or Bakhtiari through the week or something, I don't know. But it could just be the Packers doing their due diligence as well on working some people out. Obviously, you want to keep working out players throughout the season to make sure you're putting the best 53 man roster you can on the field. But I don't know where any of those pieces sort of slot into that mindset right now. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, so they haven't signed anybody that we know of. Um, that worked out in that. Westbrook is still a practice squad guy. Yep. Yep. Maybe they just don't like what they see. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe they think that um, Keyshawn Nixon and Randall Cobb did a good enough job there to warrant him being elevated. Or maybe they signed him in hopes to keep him for next year and just have his time within the se- within the system to learn it, and then be an asset in the return game next year, and the passing game for that matter. Quite possibly. So, just an idea, but who are we to say? Um, That's really it for newsletters. I guess we can get right into the, the deep dive on offense, defense, stuff like that. Do you want to start with the offense or defense? Because uh, both of them for the Eagles are very good as opposed to being somewhat mediocre for the Packers this year. Yeah, let's do defense because it scares the living hell out of me. <laughs> Our defense? Start with Packers defense? Yeah. Okay. Uh, gonna need a big week out of Jair and Razul. Mm-hmm. Like, 
uh, Jalen Hurts MVP candidate this MVP candidate this year, having a what is by all means a breakout year um, with with Philly, and got a new shiny toy this offseason in AJ Brown for him to throw to after they figuratively punted uh, wide receiver punt return punt returner Jalen Rager to Minnesota. <laughs> that pick didn't work That's out right i forgot yeah. and yeah he's yep. done nothing so he hasn't done much at all so yeah the the passing attack for the eagles before dallas goddard got hurt was incredible because you had uh devonta smith on one side aj brown on the other and then dallas goddard up the middle as from the tight end from the tight end position so like pretty good options for uh, a blossoming young quarterback to be throwing to and it's definitely showcased this year as I think it was the not the commander's game or it might have been the commander's game maybe the, the moment before that if I'm thinking correctly that AJ Brown absolutely like went off for like oh yes three touchdowns um, and oh, yeah what game was that against <laughs> that was against Pittsburgh he went for Pittsburgh six yeah. receptions 156 yards and three touchdowns against the Steelers so um but yeah he's only had two uh games over 100 yards this season but when he does he goes for 150 <laughs> so like if he's gonna explode he's probably gonna explode mm-hmm. um but just another option for him is or for jalen hurts is going to be incredible yeah i mean as you said not having goddard kind of limits their passing weapons a little bit so you can kind of maybe focus on covering smith and brown right um Maybe that's part of why they had to fight so much to win in Indianapolis because it takes a lot to adjust to not having such a significant passing uh, weapon there. Especially, off, I mean, a tight end is always just kind of like if you lose a tight end, it's like, I don't know. They're so mismatch dependent because right. you're taking either a nickel cornerback or a linebacker out. And right. then it's kind of, yeah, you're just focusing more on. I'm no strategist by any means. But yeah, I mean, this is, this is, AJ Brown was exactly the move that the Eagles had to make to really elevate their quarterback. That, I, I, between the them and the Dolphins, and even, it's probably another one I'm missing. Um, making these moves to go, uh, the Raiders. Yep, obviously. Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> <laughs> to have a rookie or a, a quarterback on their rookie scale contract and all this stuff that you're betting your hopes on to develop and elevate them and just kind of, you know, I don't know, determine are the faults that he's showing a result of limited passing weapons mm-hmm. or is it something in his own game? And the answer unequivocally for Philadelphia is that they just didn't have weapons. And yeah. I know they got Devontae Smith, who was, I think he was their top overall pick last year, but yeah, top 10, I think he was six. Yeah. It was like six that, yeah, that's not enough to really just like be a game changer, but it's not enough to just have one of these guys anymore. The The dolphins are another proof of that. Like you can get Jalen Waddle. Yeah. If you go after an all pro wide receiver, perennial all pro wide receiver like Tyree Kill or AJ Brown's kind of is not on that same level, but same, certainly same realm of receiver. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
yeah, you do it a million times over. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think it's it'll be interesting to see how their how the pass game looks without Goddard. Mm-hmm. But they still like Miles Sanders is still an effective guy that they're gonna play right. off of. Even some of their like little scat backs in the backfield too. Boston Scott has always kind of just hung around and been a problem. Right. <laughs> I guess it's just stuff like that that I think could really be um trouble obviously for green bay's defense because mm-hmm. it's just like how do you possibly in the current state of it of their defense how do you possibly make life difficult on hurts when you know that he can easily just scoot on by right <laughs> if you're not manning him or are you take try to take any big plays away from them which they are certainly capable of doing right Exactly. And I think like the 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 game is going to be they have to stop one of either the rushing the rush or the pass. They yep. can't they we know we know they can't do both. We've we talked about that at length uh last pod against the Titans post game. Yeah. But Having a big game from Jair and Razul is going to be important in limiting that game because for as good as their passing game has been um, all season, and again, you can't really do like so much in limiting Devonta Smith and AJ Brown because they're just that good of receivers. But once you get away f- like past those two without Dallas Goddard, they don't have too many options. Like their third and fourth receivers are Zach Pascal, the former Indianapolis Colt, mm-hmm. and Quez Watkins, who are both having like fine years as wide receiver threes and fours. Um, Zach Pascal has 11 uh, receptions on 13 targets for uh, 120 yards on touchdown. Quez Watkins has uh, 14 catches on 17 targets, 200 yards, and two touchdowns. So, like, they're getting mixed in, but if the Packers can force those two to beat them as opposed to getting beat by H. H. Brown and Zach or and Devonta Smith. I think it'll be a lot easier for that like road to a win to be mm-hmm. found and traveled on. But they need to really focus on stopping at least one aspect of the Eagles' offensive attack because if they don't, they're going to get absolutely obliterated but that's just because they have so many weapons in their offensive scheme that it'll just be a cakewalk for them if they the Packers can't at least take one away like it'd be frustrating to see them like again lose because they can't stop both facets of an offensive attack like they could in Tennessee but it'd be less frustrating because Jalen Hurts is better than Ryan Tannehill is like if we stop Jalen Hurts and the offensive passing, like the like the throwing, then I'm okay if Miles Sanders has like a, a better day than he usually does because Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and their running game isn't like all pro like Derrick Henry is or Dalvin Cook or any of the numerous rushing <laughs> attacks we've seen this season. So yeah, it'll be interesting to say the least. Absolutely. Not to and mention, think, sorry, not to mention before. No, you go, I, you not to mention Jalen Hurts in the rushing game. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that that is always 
it doesn't matter who is the head coach, defensive coordinator, whatever. The idea of a dual threat quarterback is just like has always been a problem. It's been a problem since that Michael Vick playoff game where they just ruined the ruined, just torn asunder <laughs> the Lambo Mystique. Two uh, for home playoff games. 2002? 20, 20 years ago, at least. 2002, I think it was? Yeah. Yeah, like, rushing quarterbacks um, are for sure the, I guess, bane of Packers' defense existence. Mm-hmm. It, it is 2002. Um, but, like, Michael Vick. Like, the biggest recent example is Colin Kaepernick. Yes. And then, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And to partial the point of um Russell Wilson, like he wasn't hurting you and gashing you as bad as like Vic and Colin Kaepernick did for all those yards, but he still had that pocket mobility to really burn you when the yeah. scramble drill was going on. He was like, ah, no one's open, I'll just run for 20 yards. So Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. has the absolute ability to do that because he is a good football player and has... I think too... I think... I'm trying to see if I can find a quick how many rushing yards Jalen Hurts has. 440. <laughs> so that's pretty good for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, also, I think eight touchdowns leading the team. Yep. And rush, rushing touchdowns. So that's the other thing, too. Like, we think of their offense like big, explosive plays. They got the speedy wideouts to kind of, you know, just take over a drive or take over a game mm-hmm. fourth uh, highest red zone percentage with 71.4%. Like it's stuff like that. where like, that is the sign of a good team or like in the Titans case where they could just run or ride Derrick Henry into the ground because he's just this bowling ball, the guy they can get through and short yardage stuff. But like in the Eagles case, like they're, because there is such a plethora of everything. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, Jalen Hurst is, can kind of wander around and freelance a little bit, then score a five-yard rushing touchdown. So it's stuff like that where it's like you think of the the of long drives, the stuff that we talked about with the Packers and how ideally their offense would be this year if everything was going correctly. Um the Eagles can can do so many do damage in so many different ways where they can kind of win the grinded out games. They can win shootout games. It's that's the stuff that like, for me, I can see that carrying them so many different ways because it just makes them equipped to play in so many different settings, environments, or mm-hmm. obviously long into January and maybe even February. Right. Absolutely. Just because like you said, like having that dual threat dynamic quarterback gives you so many options. It really opens up your offensive playbook, mm-hmm. which uh, Nick Sirianni has done a great job with since he's taken over there. Yeah. Um, big week going to be needed from, I think, I, I think it's going to be Quay Walker. Quay Walker, Chris Barnes, sort of playing that QB spy um, role for the defense. And like if, if it's Chris Barnes, I could see that working out as well. I think there might be a value in seeing how Quay Walker holds up that way, though, just because he is so fast and gets to the ball so quickly that maybe him putting putting him as a spy to watch Jalen Hurts as he maneuvers throughout the pocket and tries to break out 
might be a good development thing for him. Yeah, I, I like that. That's a good shout. I think that's kind of an interesting way of looking at it. And as you said, just to see reps of that because they don't have never really they don't really get Devontae Campbell's at, only been like the the nearest in the last good while of like guys that can possibly take that out of the equation for an opposing team. Right. Yeah, I think that it's time to start looking at the season as like progressing players and seeing how they can um sort of add value to the team going forward. And I think this would be a great great chance for um Quay Walker just to be that that person this game. Uh yes. leads the team in tackles this year at eighty two. Next closest is, is Devondre at uh Devondre Campbell at sixty four despite missing three games now. Uh Adrian Amos third most at sixty two. So like Quay's in there a lot this season, which is exciting as a rookie linebacker. So yeah, I think it might be definitely worth getting him as just that that spy and seeing how it goes. Yeah. Um trying to think of any other like impact players that will need to come out this week. I think it's definitely just on Jair and Razul. Like if they get torched this week, it's not gonna be good. Like we already know it hasn't been good. But <laughs> <laughs> but like that'd be two games in a row that they both haven't really played well. Like given Titans game was a short week. I'm not really making one to make excuses for that because they've it, Thursday games aren't new. Like Jaiker's played in plenty of Thursday games, so has Razul. I don't think that's a necessarily appropriate excuse to give them. But at the same time, like I'd if they get torched after, like by Traylon Burks and Robert Woods, I'm kind of scared to see what AJ Brown and Devonta Smith do to them. Yeah, it's just more of for me, it's like are you with it mentally? Because everything has slipped from your grasp. There's been a lot of talk of, I mean, we talked about the last pod, the whole captaincy issue with Jair and just Mm -hmm. kind of you're a leader on that defense, especially with, you know, who's all out now. Right. Um, Can you stick to that when it's you're what, four and seven and you're not going anywhere? Yeah. You just signed a big extension. It's stuff like that that just kind of like lingers on. And yeah, yeah, it's a bad season. Maybe that changes next year, but it's the stuff that can genuine uh, generate. Good lord, um, hard feelings and stuff like that. That just kind of you hope is contained to this awful year. Yeah, like it's it's. Instances like this that lead to Jair not getting a captaincy. Like, if he's not showing effort and really putting in the time to be good to his best of, like, to the best of his ability now, like, when the games are hard and getting motivated is tough, then, like, what are, like, what will that say from his teammates next season if they go on a smaller stretch of losing? Like, if they have, like, a two game streak, like, oh boy, like, are we going to, be bad again this year or what like like that stuff <laughs> just stuff like that like i think it's yeah this is more as we touched on in thursday's um post game pod that 
this is a new sort of part of the season and a lot earlier in the season than we're used to that it's time to start looking to next year. So we'll see. <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> shall we switch to the offense? Let's do. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, I think it needs to be another Aaron Jones week. Like, we say this every week. But I'm scared of the Philadelphia pass defense. It's pretty much that simple. They're really good. Ah. Uh, like, <laughs> uh, they have a lot of turnovers in that secondary. CJ Gardner-Johnson, who they got from the Saints for an absolute song over the summer, uh, has six interceptions in, I think, what, 11 games that they, that they played? Yep. Or no, 10 games for the for the, the oh yeah they're, yeah. yeah they're nine and one so six interceptions in 10 games pretty good <laughs> and then they have three more from darius slay former detroit lion and uh james bradbury who signed a one-year deal one-year deal with them over the uh over the summer so it's just like <sighs> buddy like is this version of aaron Rodgers going to be able to not escape this game with two three interceptions because the way we've been seeing him place the ball, I am not so sure that he might get out of this game unscathed. It's either unscathed or, I'm sorry, there's there's three options here. Unscathed, which would be a shocker. A bunch of interceptions. Or unscathed because he can't throw the ball confidently to his receivers. And he's like putting one all of them in the ground because he's trying to Placed up so perfectly, and just has is throwing bad balls. Yeah, I mean, you said it with uh, Garner Johnson. Uh, Eagles have the highest turnover percentage for a defense, twenty point four. So basically, one in every five drives that their <laughs> opponent has ends in the Eagles' turnover, which is the best number 
in the league. That's crazy. So yeah, you mentioned their secondary. Uh, probably the best secondary in football this year. I, I cannot tell you another one that comes close that hasn't had injuries because I probably would have thrown in the Bills in there because they have all pro options with like Tredavious White or even Micah Hyde. That was a big one that they lost. Yep. Um, we haven't even talked about the passing or their pass rushers. Yeah, we haven't gotten there yet, but we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, to your point, like, it, this is, you know, if you're going to trust receivers and you want to be productive in the passing game, Aaron Rodgers is going to have to do things that he's not normally prone to do. Yep. Um, yeah, that that's – that. yeah, it's – for. I mean, I'm – Kind of excited in one way because I think this is a great ta- great test. Keep slipping over my words. Great test for uh, Christian Watson. Yeah, going against tougher cornerbacks, probably the toughest you will see all season. I think so. Um, I think this is a you know, as you said before, this is a good because where we are in the season, this is basically just like little data points and. Yeah, you may not win a game um, at this point. It doesn't really matter if you win or not. Right. Um, how does Christian Watson do against a secondary like that? Are they going to move him around around the field, try to get him on better matchups, or how does he work from the like? It's little stuff like that that I'm very eager to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not a lot of things I'm eager to see with the Packers at this point because. As you know, we've <laughs> we've established how the last few weeks have gone. Right, but this is this is the big test for Christian Watson to a lesser extent, but still, you know, someone that could feature in the Packers' plans mm-hmm. moving forward. Samari Toure, um, you know, stuff like that. That I would I would I'm I would like to see, and hopefully it ends in another productive day. I mean, Christian Watson's. And he's trying to be productive. He's yeah, trending, he's trending up. upwards. I saw a, a Bleacher Report push to, push notification today that uh, Christian Watson could be coming for the Rookie of the Year. I went that'd be an incredible final nine games after doing a whole lot of nothing the first eight to then go <laughs> to Rookie of the Year territory. Like I think it's either Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall, Damian Pierce, like any of those guys. Yeah, or Pick one of Chris Olave and any of the great Jared Wilson. Yeah. Like you can't go wrong a lot of a lot of ways here, but no. Like even Romeo Dobbs had they could have had an argument to begin the season. <laughs> or to begin That's the true. first couple games. But regardless, yeah, like seeing how Chris Watson can fare against these better corners would be great for again, his development, which is a sad thing to talk about in week twelve. But Alas, that's where we're at. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think, like, not to toot my own horn, like a little toot toot, but both of us had players to watch last week that did pretty well. Like, yours were, um, mine was Christian Watson, and then yours was Derrick Henry and Randall Cobb. So, like, oh, that's right. All yeah. three of those, all three of our players had a significant impact on the game and how the game went. Like, Christian Watson, two touchdowns and a good amount of yards. Randall Cobb led the team receiving. 
and Derrick Henry wasn't the factor that we that we thought he'd be, but led to the um the passing attack from the Titans just going off. So I think that yeah, Christian Watson continuing to develop will be hugely important and hopefully that him and Rogers can continue to build that trust and continue to mix in better and more dynamic throws than just like basic quote unquote throws. Like maybe mix in back shoulder stuff if they start getting that like down next couple games and this is all the start of that. So I think if he can have a big game or even just like an average game, because I'm really not expecting a big game from anybody in the receiving game this this week because of how stout that defense is. But like an average game from anybody will be a plus for me, honestly. Yeah. But moving to the pass rush. Man. Once again, it's really good. <laughs> the Eagles are third best in the league, um, only having put been played uh, ten games uh, at thirty three sacks, only behind the Patriots and the Cowboys. Like it's, it's good. The uh, I got I had my notes and then I lost them. Um, Hassan Reddick, seven and a half sacks. Javon Hargrove, seven sacks. Brandon Graham, Josh Schlett, Fletcher Cox, CJ Edwards, all still there. Like, they all have, I think, around two, three sacks. Like, they're good. They're really good at rushing the passer and getting home. So, the line is going to be tested once again. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, not even, I, I think, did I mention already? I'm losing my train of thought, obviously. Uh, Robert Quinn, they made that oh, move. Yep, totally forgot about that. Yeah. Um, again, kind of another guy that just like did numbers with the Bears last year. Um, kind of one of their lone bright spots, obviously, but he's a guy that you, if he's like in your rotation, but not like a featured guy, yeah, you're doing really well. Been kind of quiet for them four games. Yeah. To only two tackles and one QB hit. So yeah, I don't. I don't even know how many snaps he's had since the trade. Right. Um, I mean, even Jordan Davis. That was like their first round pick this year, and they don't. They haven't had really had to have him do anything. Right. They just. They're just so good that they can let him learn from some of the best. <laughs> yeah, that's. It's an embarrassment. Riches, basically, with their defense at this yeah. point. 59 um, snaps over four games for Robert Quinn. So, not too many. Not too many. But not, like, a small amount either. I don't I don't think he's hating it either. <laughs> no, I don't think he's minding much at all. No. Uh, Jordan Davis, seven games, 154 snaps, so not too bad, but doing well when he's in there. No sacks, but six hurries, according to PFF. So, yeah, the I saw some uh, some bad videos of the line this week for, for for the Packers. I think it was uh it was like, uh pass protection stuff or just both. both. Like I think it was uh Josh Myers got absolutely rinsed on a just like <laughs> super fundamental stuff against the Titans, like spreading out his feet too wide and getting off balance and getting thrown aside by whatever D lineman was rushing. And so like, yeah, it's good. If they have to work on 
the little things like that, which is where that line play being diminished this year because of Adam Stenovich going to the offensive coordinator position is showing. Like, you never want to demote a guy because the position you vacated him from is doing worse, but like, man, I would not hate paying Adam Stenovich an absurd amount of money just to get that line back up to snuff and then have him be the offensive line coach paid like an offensive coordinator and then hire a new offensive coordinator. Like, it's not like Mark Murphy and the Packers are hurting for money. Like, they can afford no. that. And to get the line back up to what it's been in previous years would be great for this team. But that's obviously not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason it looks so bad is that they're just not coached well anymore. And evidence of that Injury. is... Yeah. Evidence of that is Josh Myers not doing simple footwork stuff that's getting him beat. Yeah. So that's the that's the thing too. You talk about like Packers lineman getting beat. When it happens, it happens so quickly off the line. Yeah, they're just there's no explosion. There is not like I mean, I'm not about to rewatch games. <laughs> Especially this year. Like the wins they're good. Especially this year. Yeah, I'll, maybe I'll rewatch a few Christian Watson highlights from the Cowboys game or oh, something yeah. like that. Um, I just felt like there was a lot of just like, oh, you, a replay of a sack, and it's just like, oh, that guy had no chance. It's just, <laughs> it, it's it that has been a common occurrence, right? So yeah, I think I mean honestly, I mean we're kind of organically integrating this into our podcast, but that is probably going to be the biggest thing I'm going to watch for because because the line has been so so much of a mess. Again, a lot of it's informed by injury. Mm-hmm. And Jenkins and Bakhtiari just hang over their over the line because they're so immense to what they do. Yeah. And it allows for a little bit of a rotation where if you're incorporating Zach Tomman, who's been okay, but still a rookie. Know, still yeah, exactly. Still a rookie. Um, it's just stuff like that where it's like you know, these are very fundamental things that you look at a team like Philly who pretty much is like a veteran line that's kind of, they've gone through all these changes and losses and lost, like Jason Peters was like on that line for such a long time. Yeah. And it helped them win a Super Bowl, what, going on five years now? Um, I think so, 2018. But it's, Sounds about right. yeah, that's right, yeah. But it's just so integral to success in the NFL that, like, if you have a good line, that's takes care of half the problem. Half the problem, yeah. And sort of to to expand from that and go into like the next point is that if they the two points I rather I should say if they can't keep Rogers upright and from scrambling. It's going to be a long night because yeah, Rodgers exactly. doesn't have his scrambling ability like he used to. It's just not there anymore. Like we've seen that. They don't get him outside the pocket very often, which is a detriment or a, a detriment. It's a problem that they should be doing. They should be more. They should be running more bootlegs and things like that. But like, secondly, if the line play isn't good, they're not going to be able to get Aaron Jones going, which is I think where this um where this like we said, path to winning could open up if Aaron Jones has a good game. Because yeah. 
Uh, the Philly pass defense, as we touched on, is really good. Uh, 31st uh, in the league in uh, passing yards allowed. I mean, like, second best. They've allowed uh, 1,784 just below the Cowboys in that matter, which we already talked about. Cowboys have a really good pass defense. But, yeah, so second best in the league at passing yards allowed, despite being middle of the pack in um, attempts that teams have tried to throw against them. Conversely, yep. they are like middle of the pack in rushing yards uh, allowed at 1,200-ish. Uh, same thing, middle of the pack in rushing attempts against them. So, like, if they can get the line to open up holes and get Aaron Jones going around the outside or through a gap in the middle, like, that, like that, that's there for them. It's always there for them to get Aaron Jones going and really carry the offense as he does when he's when they ask him to. So we'll see. It's an always we'll see because mm-hmm. they just don't seem to want to mix in Aaron Jones as much as they should, and that's been the calling card all season long. Yeah, we. I think we probably talked about it before, but like it will be shown whether they will focus or feature Aaron Jones in their overall game plan within mm-hmm. like the first 10 to 15 plays. Yeah, it'll be. If that's not the, if that's not the case, when things are like even and people or teams are looking for the first score and stuff like that, like this could go downhill very fast. And then it's, you know, Rogers do everything. It's like, no, don't, don't do that. Right. <laughs> Like, I think it's worth noting that in the games that the um, Packers have won of their four, the Bears, the uh, Patriots, and the Cowboys, rushing in those games, Jones had 132 yards, 110, and 133. His only other um, game where he had over 100 yards rushing was the Bills game where they lost. He had 143 mm-hmm. that game. But like even then in the games, like he, I don't think he's had a 100 yard game and a loss. And I'm looking at here, just sort of glancing. So besides the Bills game, obviously. So it's really a matter of just getting him involved, and he's like he'll always be utilized and targeted in the passing game. Like his season low is two which was against the Cowboys, which he was running the ball, so they didn't really get it in the passing game. And um, the, the the Lions game, which was abysmal all around. Like, I'm yeah. willing to take that out because everybody played like crap that game. But otherwise, he still gets like three, four targets a game in the passing game. And the, he'll always be utilized with that because he's such a good pass catcher and can make guys miss when he does catch it. But like, if they can't get him going in the run, they usually can't get him going. Can't can't get him going in the passing game either. Passing, yep. So like, yeah. they they just need to commit to running, using him as as a running back and not a pass catching running back. Like I think it's not a win condition as we just talked about because they lost, they had 150 yards from him on the ground against the Buffalo and lost, but it's pretty close to a win condition to get Jones going. And honestly, too, that how things ha- developed in that game, that Buffalo game specifically, has been such an outlier to when things go awry for the Packers' offense with 
Aaron Jones under Lafleur, right? Because it's always been phasing him out. They phased him in, and yeah, like as we talked about at the time, like that was the right thing to do because you got nothing going on, right? <laughs> at that point, Christian Watson got hurt after you know his first and only catch that game, right? So it's stuff like that that like. I look at that as the outlier of how they adjusted and it was just like feed them, feed them, feed them when more than more times than not, if not every time than not, <laughs> they say, no, we're just going to go elsewhere or, or, uh, I don't know. Well, they'll make Rogers. Rogers throw the ball 50 times, not 50, yeah. but you get the point. The equivalent of every time it feels like this is done. Right. <laughs> and like, and it, it's so, like, frustrating looking at this, like, his game log, Aaron Jones' game log. Because it's obvious of what they need to do. It's in the win against the Bears, 15 rushes, 132 yards. I'm just going through carries for Jones right now. The ugly win against the Buccaneers, he had 12. The Giants, or the Patriots win, he had 16. The Giants win, or the Giants loss, he had 13. And then the Bills game, he had 20. And the Cowboys win, he had 24. So any game, they can just hand the ball off to Aaron Jones more than 15 times, or 15 or more, it's a win. Yep. It shouldn't be that hard. He's your lead running back making like top running back money. It's frankly ridiculous that they don't do it that often and like i don't know how they're not seeing this or what the disconnect is not like seeing these stats and not implementing them but like why not just give them give him the ball 15 times and see what happens like he clearly can do it there's a lot of channels that it has to go through that it it makes I think it hard. The main to... one is the quarterback. <laughs> of course. <laughs> like, but I also I also think we talk about Avsenovich, you know, as offense coordinator. This is his first year. Right. Um, he had a an incredible challenge of trying to do develop an offense with Ricky Whiteouts, um, without the team's best wide receiver of the previous year, the last ten years, right? Too. Um, it's and with with a lot of coaching staff changes, guys that you know, frankly, if they were still around, he wouldn't be in the position that he was that he's in now, right? Um, it's tough. It's tough to do, and right in the middle of this is Lafleur and what he wants to do, but that's it's all this like. It's fodder for political warfare behind the scenes, and just like right. who is really running the show, and all the stuff that like kind of asks for like you know dramatic headlines and stuff like that. Right. But there's a reason why that happens when so much control is ceded to Aaron Rodgers, who you know is quarterback, has been the quarterback for a long time. Yep. But. It's I don't know. It's just it's such a it's a very delicate situation where it's like you can make a case for everything going or pointing the finger at this guy, this guy, this guy, but in the end, it's all adding up into 
just this cluster F. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll keep it, uh, keep it clean for now. Keep it clean yeah. for now. But yeah, that's that's where it's like it's hard. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how how you possibly assess this offense and specifically like the Aaron Jones of it all because this has happened routinely over the last like three, four, five years. Yeah. Like just get the running game going. It's 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 that simple. It's the road to winning with this team. We've talked about it all year long, so it doesn't change like this week against the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh players to watch Jordan, unless you have anything else to touch on um on the offense. No, no, no uh players to touch on or points. No sorry. points about the offense. We'll go yeah. to players. Okay. Honestly, I might I'm gonna stick to the line. Well, I already talk, made my point about the line. Let's go player. I like your Quay Walker thing. I think that that'd be interesting. I, I think it's Jayer. Okay. I was gonna be very mad at you because uh I think I went first last week, so I was letting you take the floor going first, and mine was going to be Quay Walker. <laughs> It's going. It's going to be Quay Walker. So if you had slammed me like that, I'd be like, "Oh man, I got to think of a new one off the cuff here." No, like, what, do you do you want to touch on your dryer thing at all, or no? Just like more of what we already said. Yeah, it's you know, it's this is the stuff that kind of I don't know. It's it's been such a weird year. Yeah, with Jair specifically, where it's kind of like he's so talented. And his future is so bright and he thinks very highly of himself. And, you know, again, another kind of struggle of like how he views himself mm-hmm. versus how he's being utilized. Yep. And how does that fit into the defense as it's currently constructed right now? You know, I, I, I just, I just want to see him engaged. I want to see him try to make plays and not just, Yo, I don't know. Some of the things that we've seen in recent weeks are just kind of like, huh, okay. You know, just kind of, what was it, the Bills game that he, obviously all the Stefan Dick stuff, but he was like taunting. I can't yeah, remember what game that was. No, it wasn't the Bills game. It was the, uh, I think it was the Lions game. It was a Lions game, yeah. Yeah, because they that's were getting right. beat down so bad. And he, Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, which yeah. is even worse because it was like, right. With the, uh, yeah. <laughs> we all go back to that point, that that little point yeah. in our life. But yeah, it's it's just been a weird year, and it's like, okay, you're either going against Devontae Smith, who I know we kind of shortchanged him in the whole AJ Brown discussion, but Still very pretty good, good year. He's their, he's their leading wide receiver this year. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like it's either going on Devontae Smith or AJ Brown. Good luck, and let's see how you do. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just keep. Let's let's see what he what he can do against yeah. very good wide receivers. Not to slight AJ Brown, but he AJ Brown is a leading leading wide receiver this year for them. He is. Yeah, he's leading by like two hundred yards and has double touchdowns. Oh well, okay. So no, not 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 to well actually you. I just yeah. wanted to make sure that if AJ Brown is a dedicated uh, talk of thunder listener, leading wide uh, reception getter. Oh yeah, three yeah, three receptions more than. <laughs> And AJ Brown, uh, Devonta Smith has at fifty-two to forty-nine. But regardless of it all, um, yeah, as we mentioned, talked about earlier, mine's Quay Walker. Like, I'm really impressed with how he's had a season so far. Like, as a rookie, as the leading tackler on the team, 
seeing how he can function as a QB spy, this game would be really cool to see if like he has that instinct and that knowledge to really attack Jalen Hurts when he starts to get outside and tries to run and like stifles that into either a throwaway or a short uh, yardage gain of like one or two yards for him rushing just to be that impact player and take away that facet of the Eagles offense because I think it will be very prevalent um, for them this week against the Packers. I could see a lot of QB draws, a lot of QB rollouts turning into runs, sort of dicing up the um, front seven of the Packers this week. Yes. Score predictions? Do you want to go first? I'll go first. Uh, 30-10. Eagles. Yeah. I think it's going to be an absolute this rock fight for them on offense. And I think they're going to get uh, sliced and diced on on uh, defense. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how much it's put stock into the last two weeks for the Eagles. I would be willing to give them the benefit of the doubt because they're really good and they still ended up winning that Colts game. Um, I don't think the Packers have it in them to pressure them enough to make it even worth thinking about is my understanding. Like, I don't have confidence in the Packers keeping it close to where it would be possible for them to upset the Eagles. That is definitely where I follow because Although I could make the case um, that not having Goddard is a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, I just think like the, the Washington is a way better team than Packers are. Proof of the pudding point. that they beat them. <laughs> that they beat them. But even I, honestly, since that game, they've been a totally different team. Totally different team. Um, the Colts, like, I know they've been mired in a lot of issues, but like, that's there's good players on that roster. Mm-hmm. Um, Packers have good players that are not either healthy, um, having their best year, engaged. You can go in so many different ways of, of <laughs> how you could s- describe the Packers this year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think this is. I don't know if their offense is going to go crazy. I'll go 27, 27 10. Just sounds right. 27 uh, 10. Yeah, Eagles. We're in the uh, the same ballpark there. Yeah. Um, and a surprise question this week. Not so much for you, Jordan, but for you, the listeners. It is Thanksgiving, as you guys might well have have known already. Thanksgiving week, I should say. And to uh, get in the holiday spirit, we're going to end this podcast with uh, a question to you, Jordan. I'll answer it as well. We'll broach it to you, Talk of the Tundra listeners, just to see uh, how you're feeling. Jordan, I want to know your favorite Thanksgiving uh, food, whether it be like turkey or any of the sides, um, and your worst, like something that you stay far away, that stays as far away from your plate as it uh, can even come close to... uh, to touching for Thanksgiving food. There's so many good choices. There are. This is a tough question. 
You got your stuffing. You got your mashed taters. <laughs> you got your turkey. You got your GBC, your green bean casserole. Um, I like me a good dinner roll. Ooh, love a good dinner roll. Are we counting mac and cheese in this? this yes, is we kind are. Of a- yes, we are. We are a mac and cheese uh, Thanksgiving side podcast supporter. I enjoy mac and cheese. It doesn't enjoy me so much. <laughs> I never associate with Thanksgiving for some reason. I don't know either, but it's definitely it's it's on many of it's families. In, yes. It's on many of families' tables. So who are we to say it's not Thanksgiving food? Exactly. Whatever you, however you uh, celebrate your Thanksgiving, you do it your way. That's right. You know, um. Did not like stuffing for a long time. Really, a long time. It I think it's one of those like adult things. Like, you as a kid, you really don't like it because that's you gotta be gross. this tall to eat stuffing <laughs> to, and enjoy. to enjoy stuffing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, if we probably do this ten years ago, I'd be like, stuffing's kind of like I, well, I I heard a lot about stuffing, and I'm like, Ugh. stuffing is a huge uh, variance food. Like yeah. good stuffing is really good where it's moist and like has all the flavor is it like is just good but yeah. like bad stuffing or it's oh. dry and like ugh, no like that's why when you have leftovers it's a tough one to reheat a tough one to reheat to get it just right yep. what what other sweet potato yep whatever you want to do with that at this point we're covered- listing sides I know. I'm just. I'm just making. <laughs> ma- I'm. I'm setting the table. Ooh, will. look at you. Setting the table. Look at you. Uh, best. Damn. Best food. Stuffing would probably be up there. I'm gonna. You can't go wrong with a mashed potato. That's your favorite. It is. It. It just mashed potatoes and loaded in gravy. I'm not. A, I like gravy. I don't like it. Like overwhelming wow yeah i like enough to like have a little pond i don't want a quarry mm. i'm a more quarry. of a lake like i i put a, a significant a significant divot in my uh a significant depression in my mashed potatoes to fill it up with Ooh. gravy to the where it just dribbles out the outside and then i like take a bite from the outside kind of how you make homemade pasta where you put yes, like all of like the flour in a cone, like in a, in a ring shape, then you mix it into the water or the eggs in the middle. That's yeah. me, but with mashed potatoes and gravy. That's a good turkey day topography, <laughs> right there. <laughs> what is your least favorite? Uh, Without uh, a doubt, fluff. Wow, do you, you don't Hate like it. marshmallow fluff. Or like whatever fluff you eat. I, wow. I I'm not a big texture is cherry not fluff normal. is the one in my house. It's very much a white person food. Like absolutely, <laughs> it's a Midwest. It's a Midwest salad. A white like a, person. Yeah. Midwest. I don't like have the hate for it that apparently you do. It's not my first go to dessert. Like I'd much rather pumpkin or pecan pie too. To eat. See, Growing up, though, it would be out when we're having dinner. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I'd even factor in dessert in here. That's that. Yeah, like factor in dessert. But apple pie might be up there. I'm not big. Instead of pie pumpkin guy. or pecan. I love I love pumpkin pie. I, wow. Like I'm I, I'm not hating apple pie. I like apple pie. But like it like 
a nice slice of pecan pie with Thanksgiving. It just feels appropriate. Oh, yeah. The thing about apple pie for me, I like apples. If you're biting into How about them apple, apples? <laughs> Sorry. If you're, <laughs> if, if you're, if biting, you're biting into an apple. If you're biting into an apple within a pie crust, it just feels the same. Like, if you look at it, if you... Hear me on now. I got a point to make. I look at an apple pie. I'm like, oh, that looks like pie crust. I bite into it. That's not pie crust that tastes like an apple. It is disappointing. It's a disappointing <laughs> feeling. Alrighty then. Yeah. I will. But yeah, fluff. It's still fluff. I just, gotcha. I'm not a big texture guy. But it like, is a textured food. <laughs> yeah. It just drives me away just like looking at it, just sitting there. Yeah. I'll wait. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite food? Um, my favorite Thanksgiving food is like sweet potatoes, but specifically my mother's sweet potatoes. Makes like a big dish of them, like mashes them and everything. And then on top are, uh, I think it's either walnuts or pecans. They're both like the same nut to me. But then like a layer of walnuts or pecans that are uh, mixed with brown sugar. So like Ooh. the entire top is like this hard crust, basically like that, like what pecan pie looks like, but layered with like mixed with a bunch of brown sugar. Then you break that crust into the warm sweet potatoes below. Like that takes up, I'm not kidding, a third of my thanks, my first Thanksgiving plate. And then uh, followed closely by mashed potatoes and gravy. That's like pretty good. Mama Numax got the sweet potato. Uh, pecan. I don't know. I don't know what you're going for. But yes, she does. I don't know. But yes, she does. Because it, 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 it is it like in a casserole dish? Yeah, it's in like a yeah. nine by thirteen dish, something like that, or like one of the circular ones. Like she makes a few dishes of them because she knows I like them, and she'll make me like yeah. an entire dish for myself to bring home because she's a a good mom. Uh, least favorite. Uh, I want to hurl every single can of cranberry sauce oh, into. Yeah into the sun yeah. like get cranberry sauce out of my sight on thanksgiving like i feel like that is another very old person thing to like on on thanksgiving i don't know if people swear by it they love it like i cannot stand it like i think it's one the taste two it's seeing it jiggle out of the can and it being the shape of the, the can oh man i can't do it <laughs> Yeah, that's another one I didn't think of that I've I've never gravitated towards. Yeah, I don't mind gra- the taste of cranberry either. I don't it's like. Not... I'm not a huge fan of it. Like it's whatever. I but cranberry sauce itself is no good. It's just no, no good. No. Um, but we want to hear from you. We just want to yes. get our community involved and know what you all are getting uh on your plates this this Thanksgiving holiday on Thursday, um, to do so. You can either tweet at Jordan or I, me, at known at Jordan, at Jordan Tresky. Um, let us know what you're eating. Show us your plates. Um, otherwise, join the Discord, gspn.info. We have a channel in there, which is real Wisco stuff. It's kind of our food, alcoholic drink, just sort of uh, place where we talk about Nice places to eat, food and things like that. So throw your plates in there. Throw 
uh, a picture of you hurling a can of cranberry sauce out your back door, whichever you want to do. Please share with us what you're having, what your favorite stuff, uh, what your favorite side or facet of Thanksgiving is. And your worst, if you'd like to. We'd love to have you in there with Twitter ultimately going down the drain. Discord's uh, been popping off and having a lot of people join. So get in there, join the fun, and uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoy your holiday. Before we get to that, though, and goodbyes and everything, couple of promotions. Uh, World Cup started this week. The I can't even think of the appropriate adjective to, des- to describe the Qatari World Cup, but it's a good thing I can't, because Adam and Andrew did a Make Time for this episode on the World Cup, and they talked about all the bad things that are surrounding this this World Cup prior to the balls even being kicked. <laughs> Which was, a, I guess, a choice of my way to describe it, but you get the point. Uh, wonderful, wonderful episode from... Adam and Andrew that way going through each group and matchups and sort of how they see uh, the group shaking out and who they have coming out of each group. So uh, good episode over there on the make time for this feed. Uh, Ty and Rohan had a Eurostep episode drop on Monday as they've been known to do this season talking about um, sort of Giannis and how his struggles have been since the month started as well as just the Bucks being 11-4 and four to start the season anyways, despite that, so which is good. Uh, Andrew and Adam again are recording a Cruising for a Bruising, I think, today, yes. Tuesday, or tomorrow when you're listening to this Wednesday um, on the relief pictures for the Brewers, so uh, refresh your Cruising for a Bruising feeds for that content. And uh, Jordan, do you guys have a win in six coming up or no? Uh, TBD, TBD, TBD. The holiday is very busy for real life work, Jordan. Uh, <laughs> we are we are in discussions. Perfect. That's all we need to hear. So, all right, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Please enjoy your uh, holiday safe. If you're going Black Friday shopping, please do not be an absolute madman and be respectful of your fellow humans despite them maybe pushing you over to get that brand new TV that you, I guess, so desperately need. So thank you all for listening. I know Jordan and I are for sure thankful that you do. Happy holiday, and we will talk to you next week. Oop, Jordan has one more thing. Go ahead, Jordan. No, no, I was just pointing to it. (laughs) Watch YouTube. You can see Jordan saying thank you. So, all right. Thank you. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.